The following program is produced by Rosado Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla, and I'm very pleased to be with you today on a very nice Nevada day. Enjoying great weather and great opportunities to look at real estate, not only for primary residents, but for investment purposes too. Even though the market has gone up substantially since the bottom of the market, you know, after the mortgage meltdown, it still has a fair way to go before we get back to where we were, even at the heights. And this time, it seems to be holding steady. I mean, there's good reason for people to want to buy homes because nowadays borrowers are, in fact, approved to get a loan, and borrowers must, in fact, make their payments. And when people buy homes to flip, you can bet that they are experienced and have the training to do it right so that they won't get caught with many of the problems that other buyers, investors, flippers ran into a few years back. Much better today when you have great resources and guidance from real estate experts, the kind of people that we bring to our studio every week. Today is no exception. We have three outstanding guests joining me today. John Spinola is with us, and John is a realtor and real estate investment counselor at Atlas Red Realty. Hope you're doing well today, John. Unbelievable, Peter. Out riding my motorcycle this morning, so it's been great. I saw you pull in on that nice big bike. You've had that for a while, John? Since 79 when it was brand new. Oh, how nice. It was a lot of fun (laughs) to ride motorcycles. Nevada has such a great place to ride to because it's wide open. There's so much open territory here. Real fast, you can get out of town. Yeah, no, riding in, um, you know, in the hills, you, we used to do a loop around uh, the lake, for, have breakfast at uh, uh-huh. up at the edge of the lake, do a whole loop, and it's, you know, 100 miles or so, and yeah. nice day ride. Sure is. So oh. we're up through Sierraville, or out towards Jackson, and down towards um, the lakes there. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. beautiful country. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful, yes. Glad you're here with us today. We're going to talk with you about investment opportunities, maybe some guidance and tips for people that are be thinking about becoming real estate investors. And you're the man to talk to, John. I'm glad you're here with us today. Well, thank you. Also with us today in the studio, Michelle Hulbert is with us. And Michelle is a loan consultant at Caliber Home Loans. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Hi, Peter. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. You've been on the road lately. I have been on the road. I've been busy at work and traveling and Went to Twin Falls, Idaho for with my son's baseball team, oh, and nice. that, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> what a great town! I how, know. How did he do? Uh, they they didn't win, but they 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 did a respectable job. Good, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, nice. How old is your son? He's fifteen. Oh, what great times to be able to go out and support him and absolutely see him in his uh, in his challenges and successes. That's absolutely, really and fun. I I love baseball, so it's uh, it's nice that. He's he's really involved in that sport. Yeah, you bet. So you're a mortgage loan expert. Let our listeners know how long you've been doing this kind of work. I have been in mortgage lending since 1984 and in various capacities, but mm-hmm. mainly as a loan originator. I still very much love what I do, even yeah. as crazy as, as this business is. <laughs> so... 
getting people into homes and helping them realize their dreams is really what gets me up every day. I, I enjoy it. There seems to be a lot of pressure now or thoughts of pressure on realtors as far as how they do their work, kind of like what happened to lenders four, five, six years ago, you know, when Dodd-Frank kicked in, the yeah. new laws, and a lot more training, a lot more uh, scrutiny, a lot more ways, you know, fees, whatever, you know, licensing. Uh, that's a big part of being a lender nowadays. You've constantly got to be on track, right, with your training and your updated education. Oh, absolutely. We, we're required to do additional training um, each and every year in addition to, you know, how we get licensed in mm-hmm. the first place. But it's not just that. It's you know, every month within our company, we have to do training relating to the banking industry and fraud, and it's it's endless. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, we say we have 10 to 12 hours required, but we probably do more like 40 hours in addition. Yeah. I remember I used to, when I was in that business, I used to have to spend about 10 or 20 hours getting ready for the 10 hours or <laughs> exactly. 12 hours or whatever, because, you know, it's it's pretty involved what you have to know. And uh, and I think a lot of the pressure is that we are uh, conscious of the fact that we're working for clients, people, and we have to think about them more than we even think about ourselves when we're doing those kinds of transactions. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you're you're working with other people's money, your advice is is so important, and it, you have to be a credible source. In addition to our licensing, um, we also have several staff members that are licensed as well. Uh-huh. So I think that that gives us – that's a big plus for us. So we have assistants that are licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that way if a client has a question and you're not available, they can get an answer. And it's, yeah. you know, it's a credible answer. Well, you're doing great work at Caliber Home Loans. Later in the show, I want to talk to you about some guidance that you can offer some of our listeners that are thinking about getting into that first piece of investment property. Um, people seem to have – different needs depending on their current situation, but there always seems to be something. You have to be well-versed in all those areas, so we're going to count on you later in the show. All right, sounds good. Also with us in the studio, we have a real estate investor. Yes, a real-life person that is actually going out and about buying homes for investment purposes. Her name is Allison Shiner, and she is with Hidden Gems Homes, Rehab's Staging Specialist. Welcome to the show, Allison. Well, thank you. Um, delighted to be here. I'm delighted okay. to have you too. So, Allison, I want our listeners to know that you and I had a chance to meet. I met you for the first time at one of my regular haunts every month, the Reno Real Estate Investment Club. How long have you been going to those meetings? I've been going to those meetings um, off and on for a little over a year. Yeah. I joined a group of investors up here and uh-huh. um, I always find it interesting to meet all sorts of different people, and we discuss different things every month. And uh-huh. how it's long, interesting. And how long have you, have you been going? Um, I say a little over a year. Over um, year. I've been an investor and owner of um, multifamily homes for probably 15, 20 years up at the lake. Spent the last 15 years or so up at South Lake Tahoe. Oh, well, you poor lady. And then South moved, Lake up, Tahoe. <laughs> yeah. moved up to Sparks uh-huh. and got more involved in the Sparks market here yeah. recently, so about yeah. a year ago. Well, very nice. So uh, I, I met you also through John Spinola, mm-hmm. who's with us in the studio. John from Atlas Red Realty. So how long have you and John known each other? I met John uh, right about the time I saw the first box property. It was John who showed me over my uh, property at G Street. Uh I bought a probate sale there and then through John at the beginning of this year um, bought a property through an auction, which I think was a probate sale too. 
Um, yes, I believe so, it was. Um, yeah, it's been the second property that mm-hmm. uh, that I've rehabbed in Sparks. Yeah. The first was a multifamily. The second one was a single-family home uh-huh. um, that I hope ultimately to flip. So how many years as an investor? How long have you been uh, doing As an investor, for? probably 15 years. 15 years as Mo- an investor. Mostly yeah. uh, mm-hmm. buy and hold. Mostly I tend to buy multifamily yeah. and keep it. I'll rehab it a little bit. Mm-hmm and generate some equity in it and then leverage that equity to buy the next one and, and just keep tenants paying the mortgage. You mm-hmm. can rack up a lot of real estate without having too much of your own money into it. Well, that's the, that, they tell me that's the way to do it. <laughs> if you can get good tenants, that's always the trick. So when I talk to younger people that are thinking about buying that first investment property, anybody, in fact, who you know is just wanting to take that first step there's a lot of apprehension because it is a lot of money and suddenly you've got new responsibilities and you know you have to make decisions people have made decisions like that in the past as I mentioned during the the heat up of the mortgage market in the mid 2000s and they lost a lot of money and a lot of them lost a lot of well enthusiasm within Mm -hmm. themselves to continue to roll when you started becoming an investor, say about 15 years ago, yes. what was your motivation? What made you decide that you wanted to do this route? I was buying my first home, like a lot of people, and um, with a realtor, she showed me a number of single-family homes and a duplex uh-huh. at the lake. Yeah. And the price was about the same. It's like, why would you buy one when you could get two for one? Buy a duplex, live in half of it, which was townhouse style. It was a very nice house, but I had a house next door that would bring in income that would make a sizable chunk of the mortgage payment. So mm-hmm. it seemed kind of a no-brainer. Um, and that's kind of what I've leaned towards is is multifamily because I think that you get a lot more house for the money. Um, you certainly get more income for the money you're in, investing. And I think a lot of people perhaps that feel it might be a little tight by a single family. I think multifamily is, is underrated. Buy a duplex. Yeah. What you are talking about is something that I've visited with people. It's one of the best ways, I think, to get started. You buy a, essentially a primary residence as mm-hmm. because you're moving in one of them. Yeah. And then you can rent out the other. So did you get a uh, institutional mortgage to buy that first property? Or Got did you a get, regular mortgage. Yeah. If it's owner-occupied, mm-hmm. it finances anything one through four, finances like a regular single family, mm-hmm. um, and they treat it as such if it's owner-occupied. Yeah. And I had a very good tenant on one side, actually one tenant that was there for years. Mm-hmm. Um, the property went up over the years, the rent went up over the years, but the payments stayed about the same. Yeah. And I leveraged some of the income from that one and bought another. And then as that went up a little and we improved it, then I had income from that and, and equity in it to get another and another. And so mm. I now have a number of uh, multifamilies that they own. I thought it was a new, kind of a new way to buy homes when I first learned about you know, buying a duplex or a multifamily and moving mm-hmm. in one part. Uh, but apparently it's been going on for a while. Michelle Holbert is with us. She's a mortgage lender at Caliber Home Loans. Michelle, let us know. Is that still something that people are able to do? Buy a multifamily, duplex, triplex, or fourplex, and then get started that way? Oh, sure. Um, you know, a number of our clients actually buy them as investment properties, and with that comes um, a much higher down payment, typically 25 to 30 percent if you're buying two to four units. Yeah. But the way to get started, as Allison mentioned, is do it as an owner-occupied because then you you fall into guidelines that are minimum down. Um, you can do two to four units on VA, FHA, and conventional. And with FHA, 
um, and conventional, they allow the, the guidelines allow higher loan limits for units. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if it's priced a little bit higher than maybe what the county the county limits are, um, it allows you to buy that higher higher priced property. Oh yeah, and um, you know you you get to offset some of the payment with the income from the other side. But oh. with FHA, you can get in still with three and a half percent down. I know that is so amazing. It's fantastic. I mean, really, you can buy investment property with three and a half percent down yes. if you do it the right way. Absolutely, you can. Amazing. John Spinola is the man that put it all together. John, you're with Atlas Red Realty. Um, the, you know, you work with a lot of clients, but in working with Allison, you've seen her holdings change and the process change. We have to take our commercial break, but when I come back, I hope you'll be able to share with us some of the process that you go through and the steps that you go to to help somebody like Allison get started and, and turn them into a long-term investor like what we've got today. We'll be waiting. All right. We will be back with more on Nevada Real Estate Radio. After this message from our advertisers. This is John Sandberg from Wolf Rifkin, Shapiro, Shulman, and Rapkin. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he rides motorcycles, and he's just an all-around fabulous guy. Peter Padilla is Peter Padilla. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. John Spinola is with us. He is a real estate investment counselor at Atlas Red Realty. John, are you an investor yourself? Besides? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. So you practice what you preach, essentially. I do. Yeah. I do. I, I do a lot more. I have a lot more of my income coming from my income properties than uh-huh. I do from commissions. Michelle Holbert is with us as well. Michelle is a home loan consultant at Caliber Home Loans. So you work as a lender. You work with all sorts of people that are looking to buy homes, Michelle. Are you an investor in real estate? I am, Peter. My husband and I started buying investment properties over 15 years ago. So you too practice what you preach. I do practice what I preach. Mm -hmm. We have an investor in the studio today. Her name is Allison Shiner. Hidden Gems Homes is the name of your company, right? Yes. Very nice. Hidden Gems. You find some hidden gems in your business, I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) Well, we're always trying. It's becoming increasingly more challenging, I think, to to find a diamond in the rough. Uh That's that's what I'm always looking for. The more work, the better. Well, I enjoy chatting with you because uh, we have visited before at the Investors Club and I, uh, I run into you, and, and we listen to the same presentations, and it's fascinating to me how people get started. Uh, you have a lovely accent. You don't sound like you're a Reno girl. Tell us a little bit about your background. I was born and raised in London, um, in England, and I met and married an American when he was in Europe, mm-hmm. and ultimately 
the States became my home. I moved up to Lake Tahoe um, a little under 20 years ago. Yeah. This is where I bought my first multifamily, and I have a number of homes up at the lake, both in Nevada and California, mm -hmm. um, and investment property in Texas, which is in escrow right now. Uh -huh. Very nice. Um, yeah. So, yes, I've, I've invested around the country, um, but Nevada's my home. It's been my home for some time. So I've traveled a little bit uh, outside of the United States, and I always find the real estate laws and processes interesting because they're different. They really are different in other countries. England, is the process when you're out and about buying a home or looking for investment property, are, are there similarities? What are the what are the differences when you're trying to do that? The difference is there. Um, they seem to have these chains that I don't think exist in the States. Um, you know, if you have a a property you want to move and you make an offer on something but you don't have an offer on your home mm -hmm. and then somebody else who's trying to buy your home has something that they have to sell and you can get involved in these great long chains that oh, can yeah. be like several buyers and sellers long and mm -hmm. then if one person falls out for whatever reason the whole thing falls apart. Mm -hmm. um, I do know people who've been in chains for six months or more and they think they've got a house and they think they're moving and then the thing comes undone and that doesn't oh. seem to happen over here it seems really? the real estate market moves much more smoothly in this country for some reason well, that's good to know <laughs> <laughs> how often have we heard that so. <laughs> yeah really I, I don't know that I, I would agree but uh, it's I don't know maybe in reference or in comparison to that it does I uh, I used to be in the television business and I always found it interesting how different TV was I had a, a co-worker who was from uh, Brighton Mm -hmm. And he told me that is in uh, in England at the time anyway. You had to license your television. You had to actually get a license yes. for the TV. Mm -hmm. And um, if you were watching television and your television set was unlicensed, uh, there was a system where the bureaucracy, the FCC equivalent, would drive around with cars and monitor who has a TV that's being watched unlicensed. <laughs> And my friend said that it was very often you would see people running out the back of the house carrying the TV, <laughs> right? Because they didn't want to. <laughs> Talk about Big Brother is watching. That funny? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I, I always figured that, you know, there's got to be differences in other parts of life and real estate now that that's my life. I can see that. I can see where different processes and different cultures could maybe slow things down or make it more challenging than what we realize here. When I was in Ireland a few years ago, I went to visit a real estate office and a mortgage office, and I found out there that in order to close a deal, you had to get an attorney. You need lawyers to get all the deals, all the residential deals done, and they can be quite, those processes can be quite expensive. Mm -hmm. um, I've had deals in Nevada where my buyers are from the East Coast, let's say New York, and at the closing table, they're not wanting to sign until the lawyers walk in. And we've had you know, explained that there's no lawyers involved in our transactions here. We do it different. John Spinola is our real estate investment counselor in the studio today. John, those differences and those challenges in the way transactions are done in different parts of the country and different parts of the world, I'm sure they've come up in your business as well because you deal with so many different people. Actually, they have. Um, what's interesting, I did a, uh, a seminar or was participating in a seminar for international um, people. It was uh, actually plug Robert Kiyosaki. It was called The Art of the Deal. Mm -hmm. And he had several us, of us ex exchangers there. And they also had people from all over the world. They had a big contingent from Estonia, which is Russia, um, and several other countries. 
And the biggest difference that I noticed in talking to these people is the financing we have here. Mm-hmm. This, At least according to them, this must be one of the only places in the world where you can do, you know, 30-year financing right. and, and, you know, 0% or 3.5%. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. And I don't know about England in particular. Perhaps you could elaborate on that if you know. Um, yes, actually, I was on vacation um, at Christmas time with some cousins. I have a couple of bankers in the family in England, mm. and they said there is no such thing as like fixed rates for twenty or thirty yeah. years over there. Yeah. The longest you'd get, the best you'd get, is maybe five years right. fixed rate. Um, I don't know about the percentages down. Probably not as low as some of the ones we have here. Like, yeah. I don't think you can get into anything for three percent down. And and they don't amortize. I mean they. Five-year loan, there's five-year loan. It's due in five. Right. Um, oh, so. negotiable again. Well, it's renegotiable, but the, 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 the one that you sign says it's, mm-hmm. you know, they can call that loan. So it's, it's consi- sounds like it's considerably, a lot, of the, a lot of the things that we're talking about in the seminar, in talking to people who were there, they said, that works here, but it sure doesn't work where we are. Uh, when I did visit those offices in Ireland, John, I asked the same question. I said, so what are the rates going for here for a, a fixed rate mortgage? And, and the loan officer says, well, they're running about four and a quarter, four and a half percent. I said, oh, that's pretty similar. I said, are there any adjustable rates available? She says, no, that's, that's, it's a fixed rate. I said, oh, so wow, for 30 years you get to keep that. And she looked at me kind of odd. She says, 30 years? No, no. She says, all of our loans are for five years. It's a five-year fixed rate. I said, well, what happens at the end of the five years? She says, you pay it. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to but, but, but. <laughs> no mortgage deductions uh, oh, due in five wow. years. Really amazing. And it really makes us feel lucky to, uh, really made me feel lucky to know that we have so many opportunities for people to buy homes. I mean, imagine no money down, 30 year mortgage, fixed rate. It's, it's all really good. Probably the best in the world, I would think. I mean, America is got so much going for it. I can't. I have never heard of any place where it's easier to buy a home than in the United States. No, I probably not. Um, and we do have different, as you mentioned. The farther east you go, the the less we do um, title companies. You yeah. know, which is which is what we use here, escrow right. and title. Right. And the farther east you go, it's it's attorneys. Mm-hmm. Um, I close to bought a property in Louisiana and the it's the only state in the union that's still under French law mm-hmm. so the it was totally different you definitely need an attorney mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, you know different you talked about doing stuff different it's yeah. it's totally different than even our English law mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. well so in working with Michelle and um, the other people that have come to the studio, you have Dave Washburn is our hard money lender, uh, Luke Carr from Summit Funding, Sherry Hill, Sage International, John Sandberg is another regular. He's our legal expert that comes in now and then. All of these people are investors themselves in their own ways in the sense that they own their primary residence. And in talking with them, like with our guest today, Allison Shiner, Getting started is probably one of the biggest challenges for people because it's a big decision. I mean, you're technically going into business when you buy your first home, like you did. Allison, you you bought an investment home. You bought primary residence the same way, same time. It was a multifamily. Hard to make those decisions for a lot of people. John, how do you counsel people when they're getting started and they want to take that first step? Basically, you, uh, you talk about 
what their objectives are. What are you trying to accomplish? What do you want this property that you want to buy to do for you? Are you buying it to live in? Mm -hmm. um, you know, which is a totally different thing, is much more emotional than buying, or should be, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, should be <laughs> much less, yeah. much more emotional than than buying um, uh, an investment property or, mm -hmm. or even your second or third or fourth property. It, get, it gets a little easier. First one, we talk about what's the purpose of it. Are you, is this a, a startup? In other words, you, this, this is something you're going to own for a little while and want to move up to the next property. Um, you'd look in a different, maybe in a different area than what you would if this is going to be your grand home for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about financing and what they can afford. We use um, people like Michelle. We send them to lenders to get them qualified so they're comfortable knowing that they can buy within a certain price range. Mm -hmm. I like Just, the fact that you really talk to your clients in, and ask questions because everybody's got different answers, I'm sure. I mean, there no two investors are wanting the same kind of uh, property and no two investors have the same goals. I mean, it's those goals that really drive them, right, to, to oh, do absolutely. what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. The, the two that we've showed, Allison, actually, and, and she she's a, a great scouter of properties also. She does pretty well on her own. Mm -hmm. But our, our the types of property that I would buy, but there probably isn't one in 20 people would look at it and say, you know, you got to be kidding. Yeah. Um, so someone who can see past all the problems that the property has, as, as Allison said earlier, mm -hmm. you know, the, the more beat up, the better, the mm -hmm. uglier, the better. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, that's a whole different personality than someone who wants the who's worried about you know it's it's a yellow carpet and I really don't like yellow carpet I don't think I'll buy it. Um, yeah, be know. somewhat of a visionary in a way, right? Cause oh, oh, absolutely. And she's know? got great vision. I mean, mm -hmm. she tore walls out of this last one and and turned it into a, a three bedroom, two bath from a two bedroom. What would you call it? It, it was a three one. We just yeah, put an extra bathroom. Put, it, in. put an extra bath, but mm -hmm. they opened up the kitchen and got rid of the, uh, you know, added a laundry room and, mm -hmm. and really opened it up. So it's kind of like so. a, an artist in a way, right? You've got your canvas that you're looking to buy initially. Maybe it needs some work, but you can kind of tell what you're going to do to this thing going in. Yeah, the more beat up it is, the more of a blank canvas it is, the more I sort of see yeah. that yeah. you can do anything with it, whereas other people would see challenges. I mm -hmm. see opportunity. Some people see those properties and they think, man, that's way too much work. I can't do that. And, and the money, the cost of that, and is it going to be worth when it's all said and done? I know that there are more people that look at that analysis besides the investor and the Realtor, also the lender, looks at that. Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. When somebody comes and talks to you about wanting to buy a piece of real estate, it doesn't matter whether it's investment property or primary residence, but when they talk to you about it needing some work, what goes to your mind? What are you thinking about when you're talking to these folks? It needs some work. <laughs> What are they going to do? Well, 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 the first question I'm going to have is, is it financeable in its current state? Mm. Because, you know, we have to make sure as lenders that when we're lending on these properties that they meet agency guidelines. And in some cases, if it's cosmetic, um, you know, it has carpet, but the carpet is you know, hideous. Mm -hmm. It has certain things, but it's just not attractive. Those are usually not obstacles with most agencies. Um, FHA does have um, 
a little bit more stringent policies than conventional guidelines, but we still want to know that the house is at least, you know, in a in an average condition. It's a health and safety thing, right? Well, absolutely. You know, we don't want broken windows. We don't want um, a roof that looks like it has 10 minutes left as opposed to the two-year requirements. Mm -hmm. So these are things that the appraisers go through when they appraise the property. And if there's any, you know, if there's any pushback on it, we have to condition that these items be taken care of. Now, are there programs out there that that can assist a, a borrower in getting some of these repairs done if they don't have the money. Mm -hmm. If if they're buying it as an owner-occupied, yes, there is. Um, We do 203K loans, and we're actually bringing on a Fannie Mae product here in the very near future that almost acts as like a construction loan. I will say, though, most of our investors have the means. That's part of what their their, business plan is, if you will, that they keep enough money set aside to make those improvements to the mm-hmm. property if they're purchasing as an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that's usually not an issue. Um, it's the owner-occupied client that has maybe more of an issue getting scraping together the money to do it. I know that the 203K is a very popular way for people to get started with real estate that isn't quite up to par yet. I'd like you to let our listeners know a little bit more about how the 203K works, who can use it. We do have to take a break, so we can hang on. We'll cover that topic and more when we come back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Please stay tuned. This is Alan Zane from Atlas Red Realty. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is a longtime friend, mentor, and I love him. (laughs) So you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R. That's S-U-M-M-I-T-F-U-N-D-I-N-G dot net forward slash L-C-A-R. Or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750, NMLS number 3199, and NMLS number 1042857. Thank you. Summit Funding Incorporated is located at 5931 Los Altos Parkway, Suite 105, Sparks, Nevada, 89436. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla, and I am your host. Glad to be with you today on a very nice spring into summer day. Many first-time investors have never been in business before, and they just don't have a good handle sometimes of the nuances of running a business. That's why I recommend that new investors visit with Sherry Hill. She's the president and CEO of Sage International. Sherry works with many real estate investors so that she can help them incorporate And that incorporation offers a huge amount of security and asset protection 
against, let's face it, lawsuits. Who wants to get sued right after they buy their investment property because of some frivolous activity? Or even if it's major for that matter, a fall, a slip can cost you not only your investment, but much, much more if you're not adequately protected. And the best way to protect yourself is to incorporate your real estate holdings into a business. They don't call Sherry Hill the wealth protection diva just because it's a fun name. She is the wealth protection diva. She helps investors protect their assets. I recommend that you call Sherry Hill and ask for her free consultation. Her phone number, 800-254-5779. Or you can visit the website, sageintl.com. And we have all of Sherry Hill and Sage International's contact information on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. I'm enjoying my conversation in the studio today with three outstanding guests. We have an investor in the studio today. Her name is Allison Shiner. Hope you're enjoying being on the show with us today, Allison. Absolutely. Loving it. Also with us in the studio, John Spinola. John is a real estate investment counselor at Atlas Red Realty. And glad you're here with us today, too, John. Always a pleasure, Peter. And Michelle Holbert is with us, and she's a loan consultant at Caliber Home Loans. Michelle, when we were going into the break, we were talking about ways that people can buy property that needs work. So the 203K program is an FHA program that essentially allows a buyer to put a certain amount, a a minimum of 5,000 in improvements up to um, a certain maximum and certain types of improvements into the property. Not every improvement that they want is eligible, so there's a checklist specifically that they have to adhere to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and essentially, what it allows them to do is is finance the, the the cost of those improvements to bring that property up to code, up to date, energy efficient, you know, what have you. Um, the you know, it's it, it, it is a fairly complicated program. Um, many lenders you, they typically have a an individual. Um, or a certain department that handles this type of loan. Kind of a specialist. Yeah, a specialist, yeah. because it is complicated. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not something that you can afford to mess up on. So we have somebody in our company that is very, very good at these programs. You know, they've pretty much mastered it. What I notice here, though, in Reno is that, well, in Nevada in general, is you, you do have a pretty high investor pool buying houses. It's very difficult sometimes for a bar, an owner-occupied buyer, you know, trying to do a two or three k loan, to compete with maybe some of the other offers that may be out there, because in most cases the sellers are impatient and they don't want to wait the extra time that it takes to complete a two or three k transaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can add, you know, thirty days onto a, a typical closing date. And, and what I find, there's enough people out there with cash that can come in and actually purchase the property and, mm-hmm. and go about the improvements that way as opposed to having the financing. So I don't see as many of these transactions being done as you would think. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why. It's a competitive market. And, you know, we're cash is king and conventional financing is the second ki- is queen. <laughs> I remember during the bottom of the uh, real estate market during, you know, like the 2008s and 2009s, when there weren't a lot of buyers out there, a lot of people were on the sidelines, but there were a few people that had cash 
and uh, you know many of the sellers were just desperate to sell or maybe they were buying short sales or foreclosures mm -hmm. in those days it seemed like that was more likely that it would be accepted because people were just looking to sell homes for any reason and a two or three k if that was just one of the options but you're right today sellers they're in charge and cash talks a lot of deals are still cash people are buying homes for cash and the sellers want to get it in get that process done quickly i would think that a two or three k would work if you know the seller if the seller really wants to sell it Absolutely. to their friend or their relative and and they're they're patient they don't need the money right away but it's nice to know that that option is there for the right individuals you're a good person to talk to about this loan and all financing for real estate property Michelle Holbert, give us your contact information in case anybody wants to call you. I can be reached at 775-284-1922 or michelle.holbert at caliberhomeloans.com. Awesome. And we've got that contact information on our website at Nevada Real Estate Radio. That way, in case anybody missed it, they can find it easy, Michelle. Excellent. Hey, and when talking with John Spinola earlier in the show, we were talking about some of the things that buyers in, in wannabe investors should do when they are thinking about taking that big step. But it's not just about getting prepared for the realtor. It's about getting prepared for financing. Let our listeners know what people should be focused on if they're getting ready and get, want to get in that mindset of looking at real estate. What are some of the things they have to get ready from your perspective? Well, really, I should be, for the most part, the first stop. Um, and, you know, I think most people know that these days, but every once in a while, I still get somebody that comes in with a property in hand, and they've never seen a lender. But, <laughs> you know, we don't like mm -hmm. to do it that way. But even from an investment perspective, um, as John mentioned earlier, he is interviewing the client to, to determine, really, what's their goal with the property? Is it income? Is it income now? Is it income later? Is it flipping? You know, our investors cover the gamut of what their needs are. And that's the, the, the questions that I ask is, it, do you, okay, if it's for income, do you need the money now? A lot of people are like, no, I don't need it now. This is for my retirement. Mm -hmm. I won't need this for 15 years. And in some cases, we'll do 15-year financing for that person so they can maybe instead of making money on the property, they break even. But in 15 years, when they're ready to retire or close to retirement, they own the property. So somebody else has paid the mortgage. So that's a conversation that we'll have. Um, are they, you know, are they a flipper? I, I have clients that, you know, they're short-term flippers, long-term flippers. Yeah, everybody has their own agenda. Are they strictly multifamily? Um, you know, we, we have typically an hour and a half worth of dialogue going back and forth just on what your goals are with the property and... You know how how does that down payment filter into meeting your your goals on a monthly basis? So it's pretty in depth, but you know people are people are very particular. This is a business. You have to make sure it's going to be the right business, and people have to make sure they're buying the right property for their comfort level. And that's another question or an answer session we have. You know what works for somebody? Condos, you know, manufactured housing certain locations, you know, there's that that's a big deal for some people and they may you know you have buyers that may not be comfortable um, 
doing multifamily. They want to own just strictly a single family residence and get their toes wet, whereas others are, you know, they're going to go knock on doors to collect the rent from 10 different units every month. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's, it, that's what's beauty, the beauty of it. It's a broad spectrum. But you do have to ask a lot of questions. I'm, I'm sure sometimes the clients don't even know the answers to the questions. Maybe they haven't thought about those things. John Spinola, when you're talking with your clients or your prospects as a real estate investment counselor, I'm sure many of these same things come up that Michelle has talked about. Absolutely. <clears throat> we, uh, one of the big things is actually, for especially for a new investor, to show them what it'll actually cost to own the property. In other words, and what kind of realistic expenses, um, if, if they're buying an income property, just because the realtor puts it out that it's making mm-hmm. this much money, you kind of got to do your own analysis. There's there's some rules of thumb that you can that you can ballpark what your expenses are going to be. And I've looked at many properties where they're saying that uh, the sheet says that they can operate the property at about twenty percent expenses. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought that if I could get, I don't want your property, but I'd love to have your property manager. Because mm-hmm. um, I can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, unless you're doing all your own work, all your own collections. And and if you're doing that, you should get paid for it. In other words, you need to, people look at properties and they say, well, I'm going to manage my own property so there's no expense. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you sh- you need to budget that in. It is six, eight, or ten percent because you should pay yourself for that. And if if you, I mean, not necessarily write yourself a check, but when you're looking at it, um, make that make that analysis to say, mm-hmm. okay, well, if I sell it to another investor, mm-hmm. they're going to need you know 10% for property management or 8%, and plug that into your into your expenses um, and be realistic. Yeah, that was a gent I was talking to, and he said that when it comes to investing, you only need really two things: time and a vision. I said, well, what about the money? He said, time is money. So you have to value your own time that you put into this investment. If you're doing your own property management, that is a true cost of your time because then you can't be spending that same time elsewhere earning a living or making a profit or you know finding ways to improve the property. You really do have to value your time. Again, it, it is a business when you get into it. Important for people to think about that aspect, the business aspect. John, the good news is, though, they don't have to get a business license to get started as an investor, do they? No, you don't, but actually it's probably a good idea because every LLC that you set up mm-hmm. needs a business license. So I, I would recommend to most people for investment properties in particular, mm-hmm. um, set up an LLC. It in, insulates you from liability, insulates the rest of your assets, mm-hmm. and it insulates you from your other properties. So if you have a problem problem with this one, it doesn't affect the rest of it. And and Sherry's a great resource for that, Sherry Hill. So John, let our listeners know if they want to join Allison as an investor, work with you, what's the best way to contact you? Easiest way to find me is at the end of my cell phone at 775-815-3000. That's the way to reach John Spinola at Atlas Red Realty. Great real estate office. You guys are really creative in the way that you put things together, John, and I know you deal with all sorts of people, but it seems like investors is your bailiwick. That's who you mostly are dealing with. We do. In fact, I I just, uh, looks like we may 
tie up a property today that my investor looked at. Uh-huh. Um, it's just down the street, not listed. Mm-hmm. Um, we wrote an offer. I called the gentleman, went down and presented the pro- presented it to him, um, spent three or four hours with him, and we've got a counter offer. So it looks like it's going to go together. But that's the that's the kind of thing that uh, that we can do that most agents, if it isn't on the MLS, mm-hmm. they just shy away from it. Yeah. Well, you guys are awesome at what you do, and you help a lot of people get started and become successful real estate investors. We have more conversation on Nevada Real Estate Radio with our in-studio guests and tips on making the right call when it comes to buying that property. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is David Washburn, Vice President of Loans and Investments with Socotra Capital Nevada. My Nevada agent's license is number 51269. My NMLS license number is 331429. Socotra Capital Nevada's MLD number is 4075. Socotra Capital Nevada is located at 298 Kingsbury Grade, Suite 1G, State Line, Nevada, 89449. Our office telephone number is 775-420-4990. My email address is dave, D-A-V-E, at SocotraCapital.com. Socotra Capital does hard money loans in California and Nevada. Socotra Capital's company NMLS ID is 1142425. Socotra Capital Nevada, Inc., We are Nevada's hard money lender. This is Jamie Cook from MC Squared Wealth Solutions. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he is a phenomenal host, knows his stuff, and I enjoy listening all the time. Peter Padilla is a great host on Real Estate Radio. I enjoyed being on his show. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla, and we are broadcasting on the Lotus Broadcast Station in northern Nevada, KFOY, 1060 AM radio. We're glad you're tuned in to our show today because we're talking with a real estate investor herself here in the radio studio. Her name is Allison Shiner. And Allison, uh, we're really glad you're here today. I hope you've enjoyed being on the show and talking with our other guests in the studio about your business. Well, I work a lot of hours in a week. I have a full-time job um, in the casino. I've been on the floor as a pit supervisor, uh-huh. manager, dealer, um, working in the casino industry for about 20 years plus. Yeah. So uh, so you're able to, to, to do that work and still be a real estate investor. And be an investor. Oh, well, that's I awesome. I started with my first investment property, which was also a primary residence. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I've... Um, 
collected a number of investment properties. So being a owner, investor, rehabber, property manager has kind of become a full-time job, but I still maintain a full-time job with the Nugget Casino, no, yes. Very cool. Do some of your coworkers uh, know that you're also into investing? Do they ask you for any tips or guidelines, guides sometimes about how to get started themselves? Uh, yes, I think uh, I have colleagues that know I invest, and yeah. uh, I know a few people that have properties of their own that they work on, yes. I think it's a no-brainer. If you're right now in a rental property and you could own your own home for the same money you pay in rent, why wouldn't you want to have a mortgage instead of a rental payment? Yeah. And, you know, if you can get into the real estate market for whatever you're throwing away every month in rent, why wouldn't you do that? No. Why would you? I mean, I don't understand it. John Spinola, do you know why do people prefer just to continue to rent and not have any kind of security down the road? I think it's fear. Fear. In general. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and part of it's procrastination. You know, I'm not old enough. I'm not, you know, I'll wait till we have our first child or mm-hmm. or I'll get a better job or whatever. But I, I think it's fear of, uh, you talked about it earlier, pulling the trigger, actually going out and, and writing it. It's, the, you know, the first one's scary. It's much more helpful to have somebody with you, um, a good counselor to to make it a little bit easier to mm-hmm. allow, allow you to do that, I guess, mm-hmm. is, the, is the term. Michelle Hulbert, you talk to a lot of people that come to talk to you about mortgages. So let us in. Is it the men or the women that are driving the, the real estate economy? <laughs> of course it's the women. Yeah. Funny, it just, this is just a statistic to throw out there, but 38% of the loans that I do are to single women, mm-hmm. head, of, head of households. Yep. They represent a pretty good force in the market. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a, a gajillionaire to buy investment property. Actually, I've got a little story about women and, and men buying property. When I moved here in uh, 1977, the, mm-hmm. they were building all the casinos, so housing was kind of like it was in '07. just hard to find a place. So mm-hmm. we'd mm-hmm. come up here and looked, and... Um, didn't have anything. We say we want to buy in this neighborhood. My wife ended up going back to Pennsylvania to uh, to her parents' place. Realtor called. I trucked up from the Bay Area, looked at the house, said, yeah, wrote an offer. Um, my wife called, or I called her, I don't remember which, and I said, we just, we just bought a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, oh, really? What color is the carpet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What color is the kitchen? I don't know, <laughs> but we've often joked that, um, you know, you give a guy a six-car garage, and he, he doesn't care what the kitchen looks like. <laughs> the carpet is, exactly. And the good news is you're still married to that lovely lady. Absolutely. So we're, we're about uh, 45 years into the program. So. That's awesome. I think you almost have to have your spouse on board or at least not fighting you. Um, if you're trying to be an investor. I think on board would be better. Oh, and on board is, is far superior. Yeah. But at least not actively knocking heads. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those don't seem to ever work. The part of the state, northern part especially, John, is about the Tesla effect. So many people have heard that the electric car maker Tesla is looking to, or not looking, they're actually building all sorts of stuff at the Tahoe Industrial Park, and there's talk about thousands of new jobs and new employees in the next five to ten years. Many people think that uh, it's, we're already there. Uh, sellers are, many sellers are reluctant to sell their properties. Going to be so much higher real quick. 
What's your take on this? How long is it going to take before we really see the impact, the real impact? There's going to be an impact. I, it's going to it's going to be a while because it's not like they're going to spool up tomorrow. Um, Tesla's first um, products are supposed to be they're supposed to be up and running in March mm-hmm. for their first um, section. Um, they're not going to be in full production, uh, and full production is is on their first plant, I guess, mm-hmm. total plant mm-hmm. until um, uh, 2017. The end of 2017, which is is when the road from through the through the park and connecting to Highway 50 also has to be done. Uh-huh. Right. So it's um, it. I think it'll definitely push. But there, it's interesting that a lot of the more of the people coming in are technology people. So they're not gonna they're not gonna be looking for the. Hundred thousand dollar homes, which there aren't any, but um, but in a in a lower market, they they're projecting that the that the higher market, um, you know, the three hundred um, on up, or mm-hmm. a, a lot of that market will improve. Yeah. Um, so it's a but they'll definitely um, affect. I've got a whole a bunch of statistics here on what Tesla's doing. Uh, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Oh, it's it's what they've done to the market. In I, they put they put us on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, there's companies like 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 which is a server company mm-hmm. um, that's going to invest eight billion dollars V over the next five years mm-hmm. um, because their technology turns so fast they can't put up a, a piece of equipment, leave it sit for five or six or eight or ten years. It's a dinosaur um, about a year now. Yeah, they need turning it. Yeah, um, they're going to end up with something like um, fifteen million square feet or something like that. Mm-hmm. Tesla's total build out is twenty four million square feet under a roof. Awesome. I did. I had to do the math. I was just curious. That's five hundred and fifteen acres. Oh wow! Under roof. Wow. I mean, it's just it's it's amazing. I always joke that if I hear the Tesla. Uh, you know, comment one more time, I'm going to scream. And don't that, hit me, that, don't that, hit me. <laughs> yeah, that certainly is in jest, but mm. it's given hope to our local um, economy, which mm-hmm. is a very cool thing. Yeah. So even though we won't see the, you know, the direct results for a while, mm-hmm. it, it it's a big deal. It's it, nice to have something to look forward to. It, absolutely. You know? It is a big deal, and yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too, and I'm encouraging anybody that wants to talk financing for investment property or primary residents to come to visit with you at Caliber Home Loans. What's the best way to reach you so we can get an appointment set up? This is Michelle Holbert, mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. My mortgage license number is 184194. Our branch mortgage license number is 3723. Our address at Caliber Home Loans is 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, and that's Reno, Nevada, 89509. Our office telephone number is 775-284-1920. Our fax number is 855-321-7576. You can reach me on the cell phone at 775-742-3559. My email address is michelle.holbert at caliberhomeloans.com. We are an equal housing lender. 
Very good. We've got your information on our website, Michelle. Hopefully we'll be seeing you and chatting with you more in the next show. Yes. And our special guest has been with us today in the studio, Allison Shiner. Allison is an investor in Northern Nevada. She worked with John Spinola from Atlas Red Realty. Our listeners, I know some of them would like to talk to a real investor, somebody who does it for a living, a successful person in investing in real estate like yourself. Would you mind if somebody was to give you a call and ask you a few pointers about what you do? do Okay, why don't you give us your best contact information in case anybody wants to reach you. Uh, My cell phone number is 775-762-6181. If there's anyone out there that has a distressed property that they're looking for a buyer for or um, anyone that's looking for a nice home in Sparks, we just finished up a beautiful little craftsman-style a bungalow right off of Victorian Square there that may be on the market very shortly. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in buying or selling or, or just have questions, by all means, give me a call. All right. And we'll put your information on our website, too, Allison. I'm glad you came to visit with us today. I'm very glad to be here. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in today. My name is Peter Padilla here at Nevada Real Estate Radio. If you have any questions for me, feel free to call me anytime after the show, 775 223 3428. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your loved ones. We're on again next week. Same time, same station. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.